Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of Colony Drop, a Gundam podcast. My name is Brian. And my name is Isaac. This is your favorite Gundam podcast where we talk about everything from Gundam music, lore, mobile suits, gunpla, concepts of our own, characters, top fives, lowest fives, <laughs> or bottom fives, I should say. <laughs> we talk about everything, Brian. <laughs> That's right, Isaac. And Isaac, this will not be the first podcast that comes out in 2023. It is the first one that we are recording in 2023. So I got to ask, Isaac, did you get any Gundam Christmas presents or anything of the sort? (laughs) In a way, Brian, yes. Yes, I did. I got a gift for myself. And you know what it is? Oh, my. No, what is it? It's called Gundam Evolution. (laughs) (laughs) Isn't that free? (laughs) It costs time. We'll put it that way. <laughs> Listeners, you too can get Gundam Evolution for yourself. A system able to run it. That's what it costs. But um Ah, <laughs> uh, okay. But yeah, that's that's what I got and I enjoy it. My only gripe though is that the only Dom you can use in the whole game, it's a Dom Trooper <laughs> from Gundam Seed Destiny, which is Ooh. half an atrocity. <laughs> Yeah, subpar. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah, so listeners, uh, there's been a few of you out there who have asked us to do a Gundam Evolution episode. So I think that will be sh- forthcoming shortly. Yeah, yeah. Because uh, Isaac, uh, he persuaded me to play as well. So. Yeah, circling back to you, Brian, did you get any juicy Gundam gifts? I actually did. <gasps> I got one of my, like, I don't want to call it holy grails, but um, <clears throat> there's certain master grades where I'm like, I really want one of those one day, but they're really hard to find. And the master grade I got was one of the full armor RX-78 Gundams, the FAA-78-1, which is not the one from Thunderbolt, which is the one everyone likes. This is the older one, but I still think it looks cool. But the reason I like it is it was in a few of the chapters of the Mobile Suit Gundam 0079 manga adaptation that came out at least partially in the United States. And I, I bought it way back when in like whatever it was, Isaac, 2002. It's a cool throwback to that, you know, have fond memories of reading that manga back in the day. And uh, that, that suit's not featured in a lot of stuff. So I got that one. It's a pretty rare Master Grade. You don't see it too often in that much anymore, and they don't seem to want to reprint it. So one day I'll paint it up just like it was in the manga. So that was my uh, Gundam Christmas right there. Wow. That's a pretty sweet gift, Brian. <laughs> yeah, I, uh, I asked for it and in our gift exchange, and I got it. So You're on the nice list. <laughs> Yeah, Santa liked me this year. So Santa came through. He's not real, but he <laughs> came through. <laughs> yeah, so hopefully, listeners, you all had a great uh, holiday season, and you're you're back and ready for some more Gundam in 2023. Specifically, Isaac, coming up, we're, we're going to have to review uh, Witch for Mercury. It's finished its first half. It's, I think its second half starts airing in April, so we'll, we'll be reviewing that soon, too. Brian, are you saying that I'm going to have to watch something that's subbed? <laughs> Uh, yeah, I think so. I don't know when the dub's coming out. So, all right, I'll 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 do it for the for the listeners. I'll do it. <laughs> well, you're currently watching something subbed that I think is a bit of a slog. So it's it's a lot of subs for you. Yeah, I understand. It, it is quite the slog, isn't it, Brian? But we'll talk about that when it's time to talk about that. <laughs> all right. So, what are we talking about today, Isaac? Today we're going to talk about concepts, ideas, and well, when you get right down to it kind of a solution we're talking about alternatives to what could only be called space fascism (laughs) (laughs) which is nine out of ten times the same repetitive enemy that is fought in gundam 
right, Brian? That's fair. And, you know, listeners, can you believe it? One day Isaac was texting me and, like, all of a sudden he was tired of space fascism. <laughs> and I never thought that I would hear that out of Isaac's mouth, you know, because he's usually our resident space fascist uh, holdout. And uh, he was like, something must be done about this, Brian. What can we do? And so I think we're going to pitch some ideas today, Isaac, right, about where could we go that's not space fascism for your antagonist? Yeah, and this really comes down to, like Brian just said, the repetition. I mean, as great as it is that we're changing so much in Gundam, including the gender of the pilots, the setting, other stuff like that, it's also important that I think we change the type of people that are the villains. It's just very repetitive, very often. For the life of me, I still don't understand why all the sides still keep going back to that same well and drawing water, you know? <laughs> like, after a certain point, some some leaders in each side have to kind of put their hands up and say, look, this isn't working. We need a different way to do things. <laughs> yeah, you think they would, like, learn from recent history, right? It's not even yeah. that long ago when this stuff repeats itself, so... Yeah, say what you will about, like, the various countries and, and political systems in our own world's history, but, like... Once something was done and clearly didn't work out or clearly was like evil, they didn't do it again, <laughs> right? <laughs> they they moved on. Everybody moves on. So this is about, you know, just spicing up the type of villains that we fight. And I decided to put on my big thinking cap and think of, well, okay, if some alternate universe or distant UC series was about to come out and for sure... We were told, okay, the villains aren't going to be, you know, your run-of-the-mill space fascists. Who would they be? What are some kind of real-life examples we could draw from to make new types of Gundam villains? And one of them, Brian, that I thought of was a new type cult slash religious zealots. Ooh. Yeah. I like that. We don't have a lot of that, right? I mean, I guess we had sort of had like the moon moon colony from uh, Double Zeta. And, uh, you know, I guess oh, it's God. in Moon Gundam. But that, that's not a full-on uh, enemy faction, really. That They're not really the antagonists. So, yeah, I don't think we really have a, a religious component. Yeah, exactly. And I, I know which from Mercury's out now. And clearly in the prologue, Brian and I remember that the Villains Cathedral, clearly a religious name, did mention, you know, some quasi-religious talk about the hammer of witches. And so maybe there's going to be a religious current, at least in the villain side, in The Witch from Mercury. We don't know. We still have to watch it. But if you remember Brian in Gundam X, there was a new type cult in the colonies. But it was so barely glimpsed because of how quickly that series went and how short of a time they were in the colonies that we know next to nothing about it. I actually don't remember that, but oh, it's wow. also been about 20 years since I watched the show. So yeah, that kind of makes sense that I don't remember. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. Okay. So the bad guys in that, they kind of believe new types were like, you know, the next evolution, but they were much more culty about it than just, you know, mm, a couple of okay. Xeon guys. More culty rather than philosophizing. Right. Exactly. But anyways, I believe that, you know, a fanatical group could be a great choice as a as a villain in a Gundam series where they just believe new types are just, you know, d deified almost where they maybe worship a, a red comet in the past, for example. That's, oh, that's one of go. their gods or something that they, uh, a legendary hero mm -hmm. they look up to for like revenge or something, you know? Yeah. Maybe they, they believe the new types um, are so close to the next evolution of humanity or so close to the, the gods of the past or something that becoming a cyber new type's mandatory. 
whether you make it through it or not, <laughs> or there's side effects or not, you have to go through with it. So they have a, a very outsized cyber new type force, you know, and drawing a lot from our own world, especially recent history, we've seen how violent and dangerous religious factions can be, religious zealots can be when they, um, you know, take their beliefs and use violence to force their beliefs on other people. Absolutely. I mean, that, that's actually a pretty uh, relevant topic for today's world. Do you envision these zealots forcibly making people undergo the, the cyber new type process or, or are they not that advanced technologically? Uh, I can see that happening. At the same time, though, I can also see wherever there's a Gundam story that's involving Earth, the sanctity of Earth is always playing a role. So either maybe yeah. maybe they'll think everyone on Earth should be turned into new types also, or maybe they'll think, I don't know, by default of being on Earth, they should never be a new type. So mm, yeah. difficult to say, but you know, our, we've, we've dealt so much the last two decades at least fighting a, a religious enemy. So why, why wouldn't there be one in Gundam that follows the same tactics and is just as brutal and evil? Do you envision them being led by an actual new type, or do they not have any new types sort of in their ranks and this is purely just a, a worship game? I can see them being led by, you know, maybe a mix. Because like any kind of evil group, there's always the hypocrites in it, right? That are maybe not technically oh, yeah. in, the, in the in group, but they'll just use it to gain power as usual. Yeah, I don't think it's a real cult unless you got a healthy amount of hypocrisy in there, right? Yeah, absolutely. Especially at the top. <laughs> <laughs> and speaking of hypocrisy, you could have the same group or maybe a different one believe that, you know, some people's souls are way down right gravity. So maybe mm -hmm. that's kind of an authorization to do horrible things to them or commit various atrocities. You know, there's so many sort of seeds, no pun intended, oh boy, <laughs> planted <laughs> by things people have said in the past um, in previous content and series and movies that you could sort of water those, I think, and they grow. The ideas that they kind of denote shows what people in the Earth sphere think in the universal century, you know? Why wouldn't they grow over time into something people fight for? Do you see this fitting into the UC in particular at any point in time? Or is this like in the UC distant future, like the 300s? I feel like if it was UC, they'd have to reconquista it. Where like it's, <laughs> it's so into the future where they were like, yeah, we kind of stopped with the Universal Century timeline. We remember that yeah. stuff, but you know, we call ourselves a different time period now. That was the thought I was getting when you said they worshipped the Red Comet, because it, yeah. it seems like they vaguely know he, who he is, but it, it's, it's a bit faint. They don't know exactly, perhaps, what happened. Just the legend of the Red Comet is, is maybe what they know. Yeah, or the, or the Gundam itself is like religious to them, a unicorn. You know, there's so many different mm, things yeah. you could do with this, and I feel like viewers would be like, oh, okay, yeah, we definitely understand an enemy faction like this, because they're, you know, we have religious nuts in our world, and they cause a huge amount of problems. <laughs> so, so. <laughs> <laughs> well, that makes sense. I like it. I think it would do well. What about you? Say your faction. <laughs> All right. So oh boy. Uh, my first one, I, I have between three and five, depending on how you count these. So the first one uh, is a bit of a cheat, Isaac, because it already exists. I just want to remind people that it exists, but it's not being used. And I think it's oh, a crime. Boy. So I'm calling this the machines. <gasps> so this is the mobile armors from Iron-Blooded Orphans. Oh. Isaac, I think these mobile armors are the most intriguing alternative opponent that has ever been teased and sunrise is letting it rot on the vine by not using it further <laughs> or letting it rot under the sand <laughs> oh, hey <laughs> they gave us a, a mobile phone game through earth or hunt which is it's only available in japan but instead of like a calamity war film or ova i mean i don't really even understand how that makes sense 
And to remind everyone, if you haven't seen Iron-Blooded Orphans, I guess this is a bit of a spoiler, but I'm going to read a quick excerpt from the, the wiki to remind everyone what's going on here. So, a series of terrifying, colossal, non-humanoid mobile weapons larger than mobile suits. They're forbidden due to their sheer terror. They killed hundreds of millions and ruined civilization during the Calamity War. They're controlled by AI as a result of little to no programmed ethical conduct, and they're capable of unrestrained violence. Heavily employed during the Calamity War, the mobile armors self-evolved, becoming better, stronger, and gaining the ability to self-propagate. They were infamously known to have wiped out cities and were ultimately responsible for wiping out a quarter of the world's population. Wow. They were eventually eradicated by the founder of Galahorn, Agnika Kairu, and the ancestors of the Seven Stars. It is said that the mobile suits were developed to defeat them, and that they are essentially arch enemies. So, Isaac, the setup for this story is perfect. The situation sets up mobile suits themselves as the good guys. We can root for all mobile suits in this movie. Yeah. We have a legendary hero that we already wanted to know more about, in Agnika Kairu. We got his name thrown about throughout the whole series, and we never even really saw the guy. And uh, we get something new from the series or the movie as well, in Gallarhorn being the good guys. I just think it writes itself, and it's a shame that it's not being used. And the machines as a concept, I think, are much better than Double O's aliens in terms of a non-human opponent that is grounded in the world in which it exists. Yeah. If you go to the non-human realm and you're choosing aliens, machines, and whatever else, or monsters or something, I think the machine one is, is perfect. And I don't understand why they're, why they're not using it. They, like, they teased us with this really intriguing thing, and then we didn't go there. Right, yeah. So where is it, Isaac? Bring it to me. <laughs> <laughs> Two things, Brian. Number one, the use of mobile armors in a non-UC series as, like, this AI menace from the past is just brilliant, right? Because some some series don't even have mole armors in them. No. And number two, the Calamity War sounds so epic. It is still such a pity we haven't seen it. Why haven't they done, right. you know, Gundam Gallahorn or something like that, right? It would be awesome. It would be great. I, I don't know. You know what it, it reminds me of? Like, well, not to nerd out. Well, I'll just do it. Whatever. <laughs> <laughs> the Lord of the Rings, right? You know, before Sauron, there was an even worse guy called like Morgoth, and there was a huge war with like dragons and armies of Balrogs and all this. And you know, where's that movie? <laughs> but this is the same thing. It's essentially a Skynet situation, and you know, original Skynet like T one and Terminator two was really yeah. cool. So seeing the machines come back as a faction in some Gundam series would be amazing. Yeah, it, it's steeped in lore that you, you have this hint of. And if, if you're bringing up like other things that it reminds you of, it also actually reminds me a little bit of um, the Clone Wars from Star Wars. Now, oh. when I say that, I mean like before the Clone Wars series was made, right? Like if you rewind the clock to like the, the 90s and you were watching Star Wars or the 80s, and it was just kind of this thing you had to imagine in your mind. That's basically exactly what the Calamity War is, right? It's just, we have a little bit of info on it, and it sounds really intriguing. And so maybe they're just worried that they don't want to screw it up or they don't have a good enough you know, pitch for it or something. But uh, I got to think on like the 10-year anniversary of, of the show or something, Isaac, I, you know, I really hope this thing shows up as a project. Yeah, it'd be great. And if they're going back to draw water from the well that is Gundam Seed... <laughs> God knows why. The, why. Why wouldn't they go to do um, Iron-Blooded Orphans too? I hope so. So that's my number one. It's a bit of a cheat because it already exists and this is not original. No, but, uh, not at I, all. I just want to remind everyone that that's out there and it's being wasted. <laughs> Brian, as you can tell, I'm a little upset about it. But Brian went off topic. But you know what? It still fits because it's barely <laughs> under the umbrella. So we'll allow it. <laughs> anyway, what do you got next for us, Isaac? All right. 
another cool faction to see brought back done bigger and better and badder would be like an aristocracy or a monarchy we barely saw this in crossbone and f91 but what was so weird about f91 was that they kind of told told us that a few people were like aristocrats but it it still seems so weird that no one was actually a king or anything like that but I thought it'd be much more interesting if we fought a faction from, I don't know, Mars or something or who knows, wherever that was uh, actually a, a full monarchy. You know, they had a king, yeah. they had a bunch of lords, uh, you know, kind of common humans. But maybe a good twist would be the nobles were genetically enhanced so that they're, you know, they, they kind of coordinated themselves, you know, so to speak, where they, they do perform better in combat and piloting mobile suits or mobile armor since they're so much larger and more expensive they're only reserved for the the ruling class when i told you about this brian you you used a good phrase of calling them noble armors <laughs> <laughs> i'm copywriting that sunrise so it's a different flavor of course than you know our usual space fascists or uh, a bunch of uh you know new type new typism uh religious zealots but um it was cool seeing the crossbone vanguard and it was cool seeing Gallahorn. And so far, well, I guess Ramafeller too, but so far they were the kind of closest we had to sort of an aristocracy, monarchy type enemy. Yeah, I've wondered about this. Do you think that maybe because F91 sort of crashed and burned mm -hmm. a little bit, for lack of a better, do you think they're afraid to go back down that road? Not really, because like Victory Gundam has a queen. Yeah, that's fair. I mean, she's she's such a minimally a queen. It's really, you know, they're again, they're space fascists, really. They kind of have a queen in name only. Um, yeah. <laughs> but it's difficult to say if if that's exactly the reason. I'd say it was more just because F nine one was such a an almost copy and paste fast forwarded version of the original series that, and you know, they didn't want to go back to something that was already uh, kind of crash and burn in a way. Yeah, I wonder how much more fun the you know the Crossbone Vanguard would have been if we had got a fifty episode series. I mean, you would have. It seems like we were on a pace to learn a lot more about the Rona family than we were the Zabi family in the original. Yeah, and I think with fifty episodes, a series could kind of really flush out a, a faction that thinks, okay, we're we're born superior, we should rule, as opposed yeah. to say what you will about the Zabis taking their own noble title and becoming the rulers but for, for them up until Giran at the end it really wasn't okay we were born to rule it was more to just opportunistically seize power i like the king of mars idea i mean you know or, or didn't people call orga king of mars during uh, iron blood Orphans? yeah but, it would be a good callback right <laughs> <laughs> yeah uh, but i mean just the concept of someone going to mars which is actually one of my ideas but um it, that gives you a good excuse to form an aristocracy or a monarchy right because the, all these people went to this new place and settled it and they got to do whatever they wanted and so of course they're going to put themselves in charge and present themselves as better than everyone else so i think that would be a good a good vehicle to like deliver that story yeah definitely hopefully we see something like it it's it's ripe for the picking mm -hmm. all right brian what's what's your next uh, alternate opponent faction uh well I, since we're talking about mars i guess I'll, I'll skip to that one so i'm going to call this one the settlers isaac so this is Ooh. where a group of colonies decides to leave the Earth sphere and either colonize Mars or the asteroid belt. I like this idea because it's more plausible to me than living around Jupiter. And we have the Jupiter Empire, you know, in the UC, even if maybe people don't know about it because it's, it's manga only for the most part. Right. But Jupiter is just so far, Isaac. 
Yeah. It just makes a lot more sense to me to be either at Mars or in the asteroid belt. In the asteroid belt, you have all the asteroids as resources, you know, for metals and things like that. Mars is just so much closer, and, you know, there's ice there, which means, you know, you could potentially get some water. Plus, Isaac, I I really like the dynamic. I don't remember if it was you who told me this or or where we, we were talking about this, but, you know, if you get a foothold in the asteroid belt, the Earth's sphere can't really threaten you because you, you basically have unlimited ammo in the form of asteroids that you can just shove their way. <laughs> that then presents us a different conflict that we've had before, which is a sphere versus sphere conflict. We had that a little bit in Crossbone Gundam, but it was very contained and it was sort of secret. Yeah. Right? So here you have Earth versus Mars, which is a little bit of what we had in Iron-Blooded Orphans, but it's not exactly the same thing because <laughs> you know, Tekadin was sort of there's a rogue faction the size differences were so massive that it it really wasn't so much sphere versus sphere but like a massive military versus a very small group fighting against them yeah versus two or three ships yeah. so i think what the uc needs if you're going to go in a new direction you see i think you need a, a bit of a setting change and i think mars or the asteroid belt would would do that i think that would feel a little fresher you run less of a risk of repeating yourself if you if you go somewhere completely different yeah Totally. Oh, God. Brian, you have to see The Expanse because I'll, I'll spoil things a little bit. But when, when the asteroids start flying, that's when it becomes very clear that the asteroid belt is very powerful. So. Oh, I bet. I yeah. bet. I've heard nothing but good things about The Expanse. Yeah. So. You should, I mean, the series is done, so you should check it out. You know. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> All right. What's your number three, Isaac? All right. So I don't know if our, our listeners remember this, but uh, we had a bit of a long struggle <laughs> That was 80 years long, called the Cold War. Uh, (laughs) And the enemies were believing an idea that was called communism. And it's one of those ideas where, like, it kind of sounds good in general. Like, okay, sure, we should share. But then in practice, (laughs) it's just horrible. (laughs) But that's how communism always takes hold, right? Everyone's like, you know, this isn't such a bad idea. Like, I don't get the problem. Like, why does everyone not like it? And then it never works out. Yeah, and then a few years later, you're like, oh, my God, what happened? (laughs) You know? So. I regret everything. Yeah, it's like, you know what? Maybe we shouldn't share everything. Uh, Anyways, (laughs) we have space fascism. Why wouldn't we have space communism? (laughs) (laughs) So something like this would, you know, take hold maybe with technology as a route, whether it's, you know, people saying, oh, we should people should have equal minds and share thoughts so now we got a bunch of cyborgs mm-hmm. running around in this setting or something like that where they've got you know brain implants and well what does that translate into in combat well they're able to share like thoughts in combat so they fight like like a swarm of locusts or hornets you know they're much more kind of mm-hmm. coordinated and of course people are going to fight against that because some people you know want private thought they don't want right. to you know, be linked into this kind of hive mind system where everyone's equal and you know standardized yeah. and and all that so i can i can see how uh, maybe something like this comes about with a a colony is maybe isolated or something or short on resources mm-hmm. and they just figure this will be the best way for everybody to survive but of course uh people like freedom and liberty too and they want to fight for that and uh, oppose this evil faction in some gundam setting yeah i like it i think it could work i mean if you got the one colony that's isolated maybe they all agree to do this thing and maybe as part of it you know they agreed to get this neural implant or something and that's how the hive mind starts and you know it goes awry or, or something like that so i think it'd be fun i don't see why why not i mean we've had more ridiculous things um in some series so 
yeah, I would give it a shot to an extent. I mean, Dogati and Jupiter Empire, right? They were they were the North Korea of uh, they were they were space communism. Yeah, yeah. yeah, they were space communism when it goes so bad, you know, <laughs> like not even just regular bad. Yeah, they were they were already in the oppression phase. Yeah, and and if he had the technology to put brain plants into people and brain implants into people, he would have done it. You know. <laughs> But <laughs> absolutely resources were tight. And speaking of technology, what I like about your whole settlers faction idea is it has relevance. And by that, I mean, SpaceX and, you know, uh, every country mm-hmm. that has a space program wanting to journey to Mars, set up a Mars colony, right? Everybody was talking about a Mars colony, you know, a few years ago, and it's still talked yeah. about today and stuff. And people get excited for the Mars probes and rovers and, you know, scouting missions and stuff like that. So uh, I guess it's just the logical conclusion of what if the the Mars colony that gets sent had like enough of a population to grow and they had mobile suits. <laughs> yeah, I guess I'm a little confused about that in general, Isaac. Like, why hasn't the UC done more with Mars? It seems so logical to me. Yeah. I mean, you got Mars Zeon, but no one, I mean, no one knows who Mars Zeon is. Yeah. Let's, let's kind of brainstorm this a little bit right now, Brian, like. It's not a distance issue because there's a Jupiter uh, energy fleet. That's right. And they go way yeah, past fly Mars. By all the time. <laughs> I don't think it's so much a population issue. No, that's the whole problem. They got, yeah. too, they got too many people. That's why they're in colonies. So. Right. Is it a tech issue? You think, you know, the, the Earth Federation, for all their massive wealth, they just haven't put any into terraforming technology. That's a good point. It could be a question of resources and priorities, maybe. I don't think the Earth Federation has any particular need to go to Mars. It also seems like as time goes on, especially, you know, in the victory-ish era, Federation's not doing too hot, Isaac. You know, I don't think they have the resources to do the terraforming, but that doesn't mean the colonies couldn't band together and go do it, right? Brian, the colonies can't even stop the Federation by banding together. <laughs> that's okay. Yeah, that's that's fair. Even when they secretly banded together to give like, to, to essentially build the Neozeon fleet, if you remember in like a shark's yeah. counterattack and keep it secret, they still didn't defeat the Federation. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's fair. But I mean, maybe maybe they can't in, you know, UC whenever victory takes place. But I mean, maybe they could in UC 200. Oh, okay. It's going to take a while. That's why I think a, a time skip would be necessary. Yeah. Unless you retcon it and say you've been doing it this whole time. But um, that doesn't seem to be in the cards. So, I mean, maybe there's other Mars stories I'm not aware of. So listeners, if you're aware of some other UC Mars stories beyond Mars Eon, that's that's really all that comes to mind. Or maybe if you're aware of the reason why it, we don't go to Mars. Uh, in the UC, you know, I'd be interested to hear it. I'd even take it a step further and say that it's it's practicality almost on the on the part of the Federation. Maybe they looked around at their meeting and they said, "Look, we have a hard enough time controlling colonies that are like within visual <laughs> distance of the Earth. There's no way we're going to send you know millions of people to Mars to be independent and eventually you know want to attack us or conquer us or something." Yeah, that's fair. So let's let's nip this in the bud, and we just won't have terraforming technology. <laughs> <laughs> Do you think that you think if they controlled Mars, they'd have to change their name from the Earth Federation to like? The Soul Federation or something? Probably. But again, I mean, the moment that ship is launched, I think by default, they're they're not going to be answering to the Federation. Yeah. Okay. There's a number of days when a colony ship leaves Earth towards Mars with the purpose of setting up a colony and they have everything where they'll no longer think of themselves as Earth. Well, they'll, they'll become their yeah. own government. 
That's a great point, and that actually segues nicely into uh, my next one, which is Ooh. kind of related to the settlers. But I think this one's a little bit more fun. So this one I call the Migrators, huh. and this is where a group of colonies decides to leave the solar system Ooh. in search of a new home. <gasps> Very turn A. Yeah. So this is a long-term goal, Isaac. And so I was thinking, because you know, this this whole thing was like, we're done with, we got too many fascists, right? So perhaps instead of people following a charismatic fascist leader, they decided to follow a charismatic futurist leader. Again, this would have to happen at a time when things are looking grim. You know, maybe there's low resources, they're running out, (laughs) they're doing the math and they're like, it's it's not going to work out for us here. (laughs) Let's go somewhere else. Maybe there's a moonlight butterfly attack and this is really the only option (laughs) to save your life. Yeah, I'm I'm not going to go over there. I'm going to go over here now. So... (laughs) But the the conflict here, again, would be different. This is not one that we've had before, really, to my knowledge. This would be the Federation is opposing them because let, let's assume that enough people are in this migration and it removes too many people from the resource chain. And so it harms everyone else's chance of survival. Because, I mean, I, don't, I guess I don't know the, the truth here, Isaac, but I've always felt that it was a bit of a symbiotic relationship right earth grows food for the colonies but the colonies also provide all the industry and the manufacturing and stuff because <laughs> i think they do to some extent but i think that i think that's how you'd have to pitch it for this for this to work otherwise why does the federation mm-hmm. care if they leave right so um you, you have to have enough people leave that it, that it somehow hurts the federation in some way <laughs> is it during the <laughs> during turn a or at least the the centuries before turn a i should say was like the last federation like government like screaming at the sky no don't leave <laughs> as the colonies were posting that way <laughs> they might have been screaming at him to take him with them you know yeah as as things went horrible on <laughs> and so yeah i think this would be a good you know philosophical discussion about the future of humanity where is that is it here or is it somewhere else is it multiple places what does that mean if you leave and go somewhere else are you still human that, that kind of thing I think even in one of the Evolve shorts, uh, Isaac J- uh, Judah from Double Zeta, he, he leaves the solar system, if I recall, in a, in a Jupiteris with a whole bunch of uh, I think new types on board. You know, they're all in stasis or something. But To where? Uh, I think he goes to uh, Alpha... Alpha Centauri or something like that? Or He went to Beetlejuice. <laughs> oh, no. It's not, it's not in Evolve. I misspoke. Oh, yeah, it's in the, the Victory Gundam side story, which we'll read someday. He leaves the solar system. Spoilers, everyone, for this like 30-year-old side story manga that you're never going to read. But uh, he leaves the solar system uh, in an interstellar spaceship to Proxima Centauri, which, could be col- which would be colonized in UC-653. Wow. Man, that's a commitment to get on the ship and you'll wake up hundreds of years later in some other world. Okay. Yeah, so I like that idea. I'm, just, I'm thinking just do it on a bigger on a bigger scale instead of one colony. A lot of the colonies are like, I've had it. I'm out of here. Like we're all you know we're all going this way. They just you know give the flip the bird to the Federation, and then the Federation wakes up one day and like half the colonies have gone. They're like, where'd 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 you guys go? Like what what's the deal? Two, so they chase after them, and yeah, two things on Judo's colony ship. Just because they're leaving during, you know, the the second Neo Zeon War, or technically the first, I don't know. I I can guarantee by default they've brought space fascism with this, with them. <laughs> it's like someone's gonna get out of their pod, and like a couple years are gonna go by. Maybe they're gonna have some ups and downs, and one person's gonna get up on a soapbox and say, "We should have space fascism." <laughs> <laughs> Well, I, I guess they weren't leaving yeah. in the Neo Zeon War. They were leaving in 
I guess the Zan Scare War, but that doesn't mean there's that there would still be space yeah. fascists on board for the same exact reasons. So. Probably, or somebody who like, I mean, they all know it, and then they'll come to it some challenge as a society on a new world, and some idiot will get on a box and say, "Why don't we try space fascism?" And half the people <laughs> will say, "Yeah, that's a good idea," and the other half will like roll their eyes and go, "Oh God, here we go again." <laughs> Dude, I was like, I can't believe I flew all the way out here. Everybody, pack your bags. We're going back. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> cancel the trip. Okay, my second thought is, this is the perfect side story slash sequel to Turn A because you just do the story about like the colony ships leaving, you know, their journey, and of yep. course, you know, since they didn't get butterflied, um, <laughs> they know exactly how to build mobile suits and and a, a Gundam, I assume, or, or their attempt to build a Gundam, you know. Absolutely. I think it's a gap, you know, and I think there should be a story about it someday. God, so. it'd be so cool, too, because you'd have, like, maybe people, like, vaguely remembering Earth, and, you know, Earth becomes, like, a religion or some vague idea they all have, you know, like, oh, yeah, you know, well, yeah. my great-grandparents used to tell me about Earth, you know, something like that, and, wow, that'd be so cool. I like this kind of story because it's far enough in the future where, because I feel like, you know, right now we're in this sort of you see next 100 phase and and i think that's pretty good for the first half of of you see you know 100 we have hathaway's flash and we have some of the f90 stories which are fine uh we got crossbone which i generally like you know i don't again we haven't read the later crossbones which i understand are, are a little bit crazier but watching victory it's kind of like where do you go from here man this it's a weird time right there so i feel like you need a you need a time skip a little bit to reset things yeah and what better way to do that than hundreds of centuries <laughs> get out of town for a few hundred years and then yeah. come back so okay so next on my list is i mean it's still kind of under the umbrella of you know a group of rel- a religious faction with mobile suits but this one would be um, a bit more specific in their beliefs. I kind of thought, well, what would what would be kind of something they believe in if it wasn't just new type worship? And I put colony dropism slash soulism, <laughs> which, if you remember, as we've heard many times, Brian, some people, I guess, this started, you know, Zeon planted these little these little breadcrumbs. But some people think <laughs> people on Earth have souls that are weighed down by Earth's gravity, which is oh, an, which is insane. <laughs> or yeah, Haman's opinion is the stupidest thing she's ever heard. But let's say, let's say, I mean, people in our world believe crazy things. Let's say people kept on believing in that, but in like the millions. Okay. So it, assume these are space noids, right? Because of course their souls aren't weighed down by Earth's gravity. Right. This would mean that this group of space noids, all they want to do are drop operations. All they care about are just, you know, anything that would destroy people who have souls weighed down by Earth's gravity. They ultimately probably want to destroy the Earth itself since, you know, it has such large mass, it makes gravity. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, yeah, these are just genocidal, terrible people that are essentially bigots. They think people yeah. that look like them are different when it, it's just in their heads. They're just out of their mind. Maybe they even think they're saving people's souls by destroying them. Oh, that's, that's a very, yeah. We're freeing them from Earth's gravity. I, I imagine their plan eventually is to attack all the other spheres in the solar system and just, we don't need spheres. We have colonies. You know, why do we need <laughs> gravity? You know, we, it weighs down your soul, Brian. <laughs> I think that if this cult gained enough followers, 
it would anger and uh, make Haman roll in her grave so much <laughs> that she would, that her her uh, new type of spirit would come back to life to try to kill these people. Whether this takes place in a non UC series or a UC series, it'd be oh, she she'd still make the jump. She, she'd still be so <laughs> upset that she'd cross universes. Yeah, j- just like we saw, like the general rebel as a ship. I think we should have like a ship called like the Haman. Karn or something, you know. Oh yeah, yeah. It'd be shaped like a cubile head or something like that. Yeah, and it's it's on the faction that clearly thinks this belief is nonsense. Like, <laughs> maybe I don't know whether they believe in souls or not. They're like, if souls do exist, they're definitely not weighed down by something like gravity. <laughs> <laughs> so that's that's something fun. I think it's clearly a belief in Gundam. So why wouldn't it become a large religious movement that becomes very militant and? Uh, and aggressive and something i think a lot of viewers would be like we're sick of religious fundamentalism in our world we've had enough of it it causes us nothing but problems let's stop it let's fight against it freedom for everybody not religious control yeah it's also one of those things that within the universe it's not that hard to pitch right it, yeah. to, especially to maybe some disgruntled space noids they're all disgruntled <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's fair uh, you could easily pitch to them that the Federation and the Earth is the root of all their problems. <laughs> you make a few more metaphysical leaps, and here you are to uh, soulism. Brian, I, I sometimes get so bored of like space fascism. I'm looking forward to Zeta, where I can go Earth fascism. <laughs> yeah, it's just a different flavor of fascism, but but it's, at least it's a slightly different flavor, right? Right, yeah. And we live on Earth, so we can relate. <laughs> <laughs> all right, Brian, what's your next faction? So interesting you, you bring up the Titans, Isaac. Ooh. So um Titans. <laughs> the, yeah, the Titans, yes. In his defense, he's like, you know, Shar grew up in space, so maybe it's like a word that they didn't use that often. I don't know. I actually don't remember <laughs> what the conclusion on that was. I mean, I remember reading about that long time ago. I'm, I'm sure there's a more up-to-date discussion on it. But I think it was just that's how it was pronounced back then, and I'm sure they meant Titans, but... I think they took it a little literally, and they said Tetons, but if anyone uh, knows what we're talking about, feel free to leave us a comment. So I'm calling this one, Isaac, The Rebel. I think this is a story that's missing from the Universal Century. Listeners, if you are not aware of the ending of Hathaway's Flash, please skip the next five minutes, because <laughs> uh, I'm going to spoil it. Oh, no. A final warning. So, and I think a, a perfect person to be this rebel would be Bright Noah. Wow. I think what's missing from the UC, Isaac, is maybe there's some side stories I'm not aware of, but, you know, the Federation has always been better than the alternative a little bit, or less bad, or less morally bankrupt. But could there be a figure in the Federation that rebels to the extent that you believe enough in the rebels' cause to cheer for the rebel over the Federation? Can you get pro-Federation viewers to root for a new Federation faction that started from within the Federation. Wow. So after Hathaway's Flash, Isaac, Mr. Noah, what do you always call him? The big brother of, uh, of the White yeah, Base the, crew? The, um, was it Team Dad, Team Big Brother? Yeah, well, Team Dad. Well, he starts yeah, out as so, Team Big Brother, and then he becomes Team Dad, you know? <laughs> yeah, so our, our favorite Team Dad uh, of the last you know 30 years, he, he's not in a good headspace. <laughs> to say the Does least. He... That's putting it lightly. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think <laughs> I don't think he has a whole lot left to really keep going. So I think there could be you again, I'm not I'm not saying it has to be bright. I'm just saying you need a, a charismatic figure enough in the Federation that could start a, a rebellion to try to clean it up. <clears throat> so what if he just snaps and uses all of his clout and tries and, and tries a coup against the Federation? Wow. Would it work? I don't know. The teams that he surrounds himself with, largely Londo Bell, see always seems to be the most competent of the Federation, right? 
Yeah. I think he could at least stir up enough people, certainly more than Mafty, to make a good run at it. And I think it could easily, I mean, you'd have to retcon some stuff here, but you could easily take place in the UC-110s before F91, which is a relatively quiet period uh, outside of the, the fastest formula manga. <clears throat> to me, it seems like a natural progression. You either have him basically just retire, and we never see him again, or you have him snap. And this could be that snap story. So again, it doesn't have to be bright, but I think that it could be an interesting story. This is sort of like the opposite of the Titans, right? The Titans were like the Federation goes even worse yeah <laughs> but like what if what if someone in the federation tried to go better tried to go good and they did it in a in a coup fashion which you could argue maybe that's bad already but that's part of the story we don't, I, don't, I don't think we have that right because because you, you don't like the titans right they're not they're the bad guys but what but bright he's the good guy so then do you choose bright like who do you choose bright or the federation uh, i think that could be interesting god that's so brilliant brian a federation civil war do you envision that like having not a single monowai? We just see like painted GMs fighting, you know, Federation color GMs. Or with the colonies, some of them would go pro Federation and other ones would go coup. Yeah, I think you'd have a mix for sure, okay. and I'm sure you could get some monowais in there. It depends what kind of deals Mr. Yeah. Bright's willing to willing to strike, right? So well, oh, that, oh, but that's so. Oh, this is such a great idea, Brian. I'd love to see a series like this. Can you imagine it, Brian? Like. I think it'd be fun. Some colonies sign with the coup, so they send out monowise, but they're in Londo Bell colors. Wow. And look at that. Yeah, I didn't even spoil the movie that bad. So no. all right, listeners, you can you can resume listening. <laughs> but uh so I, I think that'd be fun. I you know, I don't to my knowledge, I don't think we have that type of story. Again, maybe that maybe there's something like that yeah. in a in a manga I haven't read, but we don't have that on a wide you know, on the animated scale, no. right, where everyone knows about it. You so. know what I envision? Like if the, if that series was done and how it ended. I can see probably there's going to be a few super weapons, of course. Yeah. <laughs> I can see there being so much damage in this civil war that Bright takes maybe the um, the honorable way and decides to, to end, the, end the coup attempt because of how many people mm. have died and how much devastation it's Yeah, caused. that's fair. That'd probably be the easiest way, right, to get him to surrender. Yeah, even if he was close to victory or it seemed pretty obvious he was going to eventually win, he would probably say enough people are going to die. If, if the coup does win... You know, it's it's going to be a military government, and that's not really for the people. And maybe that's the end of the story. You know, he 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 broadcasts the con the conflict, and then the perpetrators are arrested, even even if he dies, right? So maybe he succeeds in in death. But the Federation will still be in power, so nothing will have changed. Well, as I'm saying, he, yeah. he'd have to make it public what they did, or to some extent, to then well, have a more <laughs> a bigger uprising against them. But what they did, I mean, they done what they always do. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, that's that's fair. The government's always been incompetent and corrupt. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know what the ending is, but you get it. Okay. I mean, it's a different type of conflict than we've had before. So I, I think it could be um, could be interesting. Again, it doesn't have to be bright. Yeah, it could iron-blooded orphans end. Yeah. The, the situation's so bad at the end of the Civil War that, you know, the Federation announces its dissolution and reforms as the Earth Republic or something. There you go. Yeah, they could also just clean house, and that could answer why they're just so damn ineffective the rest of the century. Yeah. Maybe everyone who replaced the, the other guys, they're just too too passive, you know, whereas the other guys maybe were too ruthless. They, mm. I guess at least they got stuff done, right? Yeah. You know, in F91, and especially in Victory, the Federation is pretty pathetic. Those families that always seem to be super powerful behind the scenes, this Civil War yeah. washes them away, and, you know, the yeah. series ends with us actually you know, discussing elections and stuff like that, which you never hear in Gundam. <laughs> 
Yeah, a little more democratic. Yeah, yeah. Maybe that's the ending. You know. God, that's so great. That's such a great dream scenario. Oh my god. <laughs> I'm a little shocked. Tomino never wrote something like that. I mean, maybe he was yeah. just too sick of the UC after that and didn't really want to mm-hmm. go back to that time period. But um, it seems like a logical next step, or at least a potential next step. I guess from a point of view, the group's conflict that is the Federation Civil War. A little bit, yeah. I guess you can count the AU sort of as the... They're the good faction, yeah. I see what you mean, but this is much more strictly Federation military. Not everybody invited to the party. No, no, there's no Zeon, yeah. Yeah, oh, that would be that would be make, would make this setting so unique, that there's no Zeon. Maybe there's Zeon yeah. veterans that decide to kind of join in and throw their lot in with right. the coup, because yeah. this, is, this is the next best thing. You know, this, this is the only train right. that we can catch. <laughs> this guy's beat us like eight times. We might as well join him now that he's sort of fighting on our yeah, side. Yeah, pretty much. Like, if there's any chance for the Space Noids to kind of win, we ironically have to do it <laughs> by joining the Federation military that's fighting the rest of the Federation. <laughs> <laughs> Do you have any more, Isaac? I got, I got one more. Oh, no, that was it for me. I just, I just had the religious okay. faction, the monarchy, and then a much more specific religious belief. But um, what's what's your final one? All right, my final one is, uh, I call this the engineers, Isaac. So this oh, is basically, wow. what if the engineers got mad and did a coup? What if Anaheim slash SNRI slash whatever engineer organization mm-hmm. of your choosing initiated a coup attempt against the Federation? So perhaps they were fed up with the Federation, the ti- you know, Titan, Zeon, whoever using their creations in a way they were intended. They set out to create a new generation of Gundams more powerful than the last that cannot be stood up to. And, uh, you know, they would know because they create all the mass-produced suits. So th- this would be more plausible the later time moves on as the Federation becomes more and more complacent and out of date. Mm-hmm. In Victory, for example, the Federation suits are pretty outdated and they are very, very vulnerable. So, But imagine if in that scenario the next Psy Gundam or the Penelope emerged, you know, the next version of those. Uh, emerge on the battlefield with no equal sort of on other side they could do a lot of damage with only a few suits i'm not saying they would take over the world but it would make for an interesting 13 episode side story or something so yeah maybe a good match at least they could make a good run at it it just takes a dedicated team at anaheim or snri or whoever you want while they've really pulled the strings and played both sides like they've never launched their own attack to my knowledge so yeah do you envision them like just saying okay we're going to take over everything or do they have a much more specific goal as like the villains? Uh, I think they would have, I don't think they have enough people to take over everything. So mm-hmm. they'd probably have to have a more specific goal. Like they'd have to, you know, topple the Federation leaders. It's whatever that time period's equivalent of, you know, destroying Jabro is. I see. Okay. This is pretty cool. This is very cyberpunk. It's like the Megacorp, right? Cause they, the Megacorps always have their own standing armies, you know, they're that big and wealthy. Yeah. So why why wouldn't they become their own faction? The Witch yeah. from Mercury, from what I gleaned from our little prologue episode, it sounds like that's essentially what Cathedral is, or Cathedral's the arm of a corporation, right? Yeah, I mean, there's supposed to be a corporation. I mean, everyone listening to this probably watched the show, so we're probably not making sense now, but the show was pitched that it would have more corporations than I think we've seen, uh, yeah. uh, maybe other than in Iron-Blooded Orphans. But Yeah, and to an extent, Ramafeller was just a big corporation, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, this would be pretty cool. Yeah, mentioning Romfeller actually. So the the one step further than this, Isaac, of like how could they take over everyone? Well, they don't have enough people, but they could make enough mobile suits because maybe oh. they just pretend that they made them for the Federation. And maybe it's far enough in the future they flip on the AI switch, wow. don't need a pilot anymore, 
now the Federation is really screwed. (laughs) So it's like a, it's a more advanced scenario of the mobile dolls (laughs) from wing, which we already talked about, about how great that was and how if you redid it today, you know, that would become probably the focus of the show. So it's a little bit closer to the machines example from Iron Blood Orphans, but you have, in this instance, you have some humans controlling them. So yeah, that could be the great equalizer, you know, the return of the mobile dolls. Yeah. They're they're pretty much trade federation it, right? They're, Yeah, absolutely. They're clone yeah. warsing it. Where, well, we, we <laughs> will never have the same manpower since we're just a business, but we can absolutely produce robots to fight for us. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. All right. I don't know how I'm going to cut that All one, right. listeners, but uh, we're going to segue back. We just, I just, There's a whole part I just had to cut out about <laughs> goblins and <laughs> Star Wars. Um, anyway. You know what? <laughs> Voldemort <laughs> will come back. We have a time turner. <laughs> Don't you believe he's dead? <laughs> uh, so yeah, that that's my uh, you know Anaheim engineer idea. We just I just thought you know Isaac, we never really seen them outright attack someone. You know what your little megacorp faction reminds me of a little bit is uh, in Garen's Greed, like the alternate route where where Tem Ray and the scientists. Well, I don't think they intended the yeah, oh, they yeah, didn't yeah. intend the AI to to go rogue, but I mean. For a while, I guess, maybe even minutes or days or hours, however long it took for the AI to go sentient, they were just a corporation that was able to beat anybody. And then the AI said, I'm I'm in charge. <laughs> and then things went horrible. I mean, that brings up another question, Isaac, which is kind of on this topic. Why haven't we ever just seen like a, I don't know, like a Giren's Greed OVA, you know, where they just kind of animate alternate scenarios? I think that'd be fun. Yeah, that would, although that torpedoes Chrono Gundam, but it, it's, yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. it's the same effect yeah. because Giren's Greed was so cool because it had, oh God, it, depending on what happens in Giren's Greed, there's like so many Xeon factions, right? There's Reborn Xeon, yeah. I think True Xeon, and then Legitimate Xeon. <laughs> <laughs> maybe i mean okay i guess i'm being unrealistic asking for an ova they're never going to spend money on that no. but you know, out of all the times isaac they repackaged the damn show as a manga they've never repackaged Giren's greed as a manga i don't think why you know why haven't we had a a manga where every chapter is an alternate scenario like that'd be that'd be fun to consume yeah, right because then you don't have to play the game it's a lot more accessible I definitely think. yeah but we won't get it because it's an old game and no one's going to turn into english and <laughs> yeah here we are yeah here we are. You know what else we're not going to get, Isaac? Goddamn Calamity War OVA. No. Well, that's more likely than Garen's Greed coming to English, you know? <laughs> oh, that's fair. Yeah. Okay. I mean, why, why wouldn't we see the origins of Barbados, you know? I'm on it yesterday. All right, listeners. If you have any thoughts about alternatives to space fascism for our antagonists, we would love to hear yeah. them. What do you think of our ideas? Are you going to go convert to Isaac's uh, religious new type cult? <laughs> do you do you believe that Earth's people's souls are weighed down by Earth's yeah. gravity? Do you want to become a king of Mars and and lead? <laughs> you know, have your nobles in in noble armors and le- leading a bunch of <laughs> peasants in mobile suits against the Earth Federation. <laughs> Or are you like Judah and you just want to leave? And I mean, like, go real far away. <laughs> or do you want to see, like, a big megacorp try to take on the Federation and, I don't know, and end all taxes. <laughs> end every yeah. business tax. End income taxes. <laughs> no more zoning <laughs> and, laws. And space tax. Yeah. <laughs> so that's your task, listeners. The Sunrise comes to you and says, we need a new antagonist and it can't be a space fascist. Do you go in or do you take your chips and go home? So... Let us know your thoughts. Right. You have to have an idea. Come on. 
come on, as, as great as Zeon is, and I'm a Zeon fan, we got to see stuff that's different. There's got to be different enemies to fight in this anime series. It can't be the same group, even if they have like a facelift <laughs> and it goes Zanscare, <laughs> you know? It starts with a Z, Isaac. Oh, it's it's halfway there. Yeah, I can't stand that. Why didn't they call it something <laughs> else? Like, I don't know. Name it after it's the a queen. cool word. It just so happens to start with a Z. I don't but, think it's yeah. that's cool. It's they put the words. They're like, okay, Z is the evil letter and scare because people get scared of <laughs> you know guillotines and the forces <laughs> of evil fascism. So it goes. It's such a low hanging fruit. Yeah, it's the same way that like Crossbow and Vanguard. Like, of course they're pirates. You put Crossbow in their name. <laughs> gotta be pirates yeah. man you guys are you guys are way too literal <laughs> i think i think that was a little bit of a preview of the, of the victory review coming up uh, probably in the next month or so but um all right listeners so let us know your thoughts and uh again hope you all have a good start to your uh 2023 isaac take us away all right listeners before you go sleep tonight stand next to your bed put your hands together get on your knees look up at the ceiling and hail the new type cult good night everybody